I'm going in. Like Cam Newton in Arizona yesterday, we're back. Daily Dingers returns after a month-long hiatus. Braves are World Series champs. Mets can't find the GM. And free agency has actually started off pretty quick. I'm Steve Armato, back with my guy, Steve Inman. Steve, great to be back. Great to have you back. How have you been? It's been a while. I'm doing great. Just pumped and excited to be talking a little baseball with you once again. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's, it's, it's a good time. Uh, for baseball right now um let's start off with some free agency all right off to a quick start this morning eduardo rodriguez got a five-year deal from the tigers i'm not sure about the money on that um i don't think anybody is um he's a middle of the road pitcher in my opinion but it just seems like lefties get the benefit of the doubt simply because they're lefty all the time tigers sound like they're going to spend big in the offseason so tell me steve how do you feel about the signing and also the tigers being in the mix to spend some money yeah i mean first of all anybody who has young children or about to have young children i want you to go outside and tie their right arm behind their back (laughs) lefties that's the thing lefties they make millions and millions of dollars just on this mystique that they're lefties Five years and reported $77 million for Eduardo Rodriguez is insane to me. This is a guy who you could make the case did not deserve to be in the playoff rotation, right? He was not that good last year. And, you know, he had a very serious, you know, condition before that. So you don't really know what his health is long term. And then on top of that, he signed this massive deal before the CBA expires. So, like, that means there was other bidders who really wanted him as well. So it's really just surprising this whole thing playing out. And then on top of that, it's very clear now that Detroit is going to be a, a, a big powerhouse free agent spender this uh, this winter. Yeah, so apparently they're the favorites for Correa. That's the rumor. Um, I guess linking up with his old manager, A.J. Hinch, would be the, would be the thing there. Um, I don't know. This is a huge free agent class. Like, what do you expect from this group here? That's a great question. I think this is one of the more mysterious classes we've seen in a while because they're all shortstops, like offensively, right? You got Story, you got Seager, you got Baez, you got got Correa, you mentioned, you know, Simeon. And the question is, will those guys be willing or, you know, tell teams they're willing to move to a different position if that means they get the highest bidder? Like if, if you're Carlos Correa, it's in your best interest to say, hey, I'm willing to play third base to get a team like the Mets involved. And, you know, that doesn't mean you actually are going to be doing that, but like telling teams you're willing to move wherever, I think will really help his market or all their markets. So I'm fascinated to see how that shortstop market plays out. Yeah, I agree with you. Like this is a big, big free agency market. And like, if you're looking at it, if you're a team, right? And Carlos Correa tells you he's willing to play third base. In my opinion, I'm just going to tell Chris Bryant to go kick rocks. I'm going after yeah, Carlos Correa. Um, there were also rumors are that the Giants were not very impressed with Bryant um, when he did for them this year. They're really not looking to resign him um, is what I'm reading. That could also be all smoke and mirrors this time of year. Now, question for you, because this is going to play a big part in this. Like, When does the CBA expire? So the CBA expires December 1st at midnight. So like really December 2nd. And Okay. Yes. Because I'm reading that guys like Seeger and Correa are trying to sign before the new CBA. 
We'll see. I just believe that there's teams like the Mets and the Dodgers and the Yankees all around that luxury tax number, Boston as well, just that are going to be like, okay, what is this luxury tax? If we go over the luxury tax, what is the penalty? And those are questions that you can't answer until the new CBA is up. So, you know, Corey Seager signing a $30 million a year deal in the Dodgers might cost the Dodgers $60 million a year. It might cost them $90 million a year. It might cost them $30 million a year. So it's like it's very hard to write the blank check to these superstars until you know how much they actually cost, if that makes sense. So no, it makes sense. I'm going to sign that early. I think Corey Seager and, and Simeon, I think, was the other name in there, would like to sign as soon as possible. Why wouldn't you want your long-term financial security as soon as you can? But I don't think that's really realistic. I think the I think the only guy that could sign early would be Corey Seager, and that's only because – the uh, to me the only way he signs early is if he's like I don't really care about any other team I'm going to play with my brother I'm going to Seattle that's what I want to do and that's it other than that I don't see anybody actually signing early like you want to you want to just see what people offer you and then see what you want to do usually you would think yeah I I could see like some of the starting pitching going a little earlier, the guys who aren't going to break the bank. I can see some relievers going a little early guys who again, aren't going to break the bank, but these big bats, I think it's in their best interest to wait in a normal off season. In this off season, it's almost a no brainer to wait. Yeah. Agreed. And I, I don't know. I know we're not really supposed to be talking about this, but what, what are we, are the Mets going to sign anybody? Usually that hot stove is more like a pilot light. So, yeah, I mean, um, they're going to sign some guys. The question is, do they go back to the well and bring back their own guys who are not going to be cheap? Do they go out and try to go get a Chris Bryant, a Carlos Correa? Do they get in that market? Do they, you know, go out and get some starting pitching that they desperately need? So they have so many ways to go about it and they need everything. Like this was not a, a good roster last year and this payroll is already sky high. We've talked about it offline, just going, okay, what is the limit? where I believe there is a limit somewhere. It might be 300 million. It might be 350. It might be 250. I think a lot of that depends on what this luxury tax number is going to come out to. You believe there is no limit. You believe I believe there is. I believe they don't have like, Hey, they got a hole. They will fill that hole. And I believe there's, I believe there's no limit. And and I think a lot of that, again, depends on this luxury tax because right now, you know, you get a penalty for going over. If you go over two years in a row, it's a larger penalty. And three years and four years, so teams are like the Yankees are always trying to quote unquote reset. How does that play out in the next CBA? Because the players know what's going on. They're trying to get rid of that. So yeah. if they're able to get rid of that, I might be inclined to agree with you. And they'll be like, okay, we're paying a 20% luxury tax, whatever. But if all of a sudden that becomes a hundred percent luxury tax in three years, it's hard for me to believe they're going to go to $300 million payroll. I guess we'll see. That's like yeah. a drop in the bucket for, for Uncle Stevie. It's a drop in the bucket for, for a majority of the owners, but they all cry poor, and until something changes, I expect that to continue. Well, the thing is, Cohen can't really cry poor. He's like... Well, they're all billionaires. Right. There, like, there Cohen are no can't, owners in baseball that aren't billionaires. Cohen spent like $21.5 on a piece of art that I don't even know what it is. So, like, I don't know if he could exactly cry poor here. If you could do that, you can give $35 million a year to Carlos Correa. Yeah, why not? Why not? I say you go now. Apparently, Andy Martino wrote some article that like Max Scherzer just hates the Mets. But like, how much do you hate a team that's like, I'll give you two years, like two hundred million dollars, like just come like win a World Series? Do would you still hate You're them not that much? Thirty-eight year old Max Scherzer, 
50, 60, 70 million a year. This is not happening. You know, I, I, I know. I, I know. I hate Cohen more. Like, <laughs> I, I know it's, it's wishful thinking, but it's definitely not going to happen. All right, let's move off this. Let's go to, um, awards. It's award season. Uh, Tonight, we got Rookie of the Year. They're the ones we really only care about. Tonight, we got Rookie of the Year. Cy Young is on Wednesday, and then Thursday is MVP, which I am so looking forward to. Like, I hope they announce that, like, earlier in the day, but, you know, you know why. We'll get to that. Um, all right. These – so, we don't – we only – we really only have odds on the Rookie of the Year here because they shut the odds down once the finalists are announced. So, Let's start with Rookie of the Year, since that's tonight. Um, these odds are from DraftKings from October 3rd. Um, these odds are a little weird to me. So tonight, Rookie of the Year, let's start in the NL. You got Jonathan India. He was minus 1350 at the time. Trevor Rogers plus 775, and Dylan Carson was like plus 5,000. Um, all right, you go first. Let's we'll do NL, NL, AL, AL. You go NL first here what do you what do you got who do yeah, you think? i'm going india i thought he had the best season i didn't think this was a great rookie class for either al or nl but trevor rogers to me was the best rookie but he just didn't pitch enough he he was you know limited throughout the year he didn't really pitch a lot in the second half and i believe india is a player who played every day you know 376 on base percentage which is super impressive he's a guy who's going to be a perennial borderline all-star I think every year and if this power is legit he's a legit all-star every year so I'm going with him and he had a spectacular rookie year and the Reds have uh something special there yeah so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with India as well but based on the stats I thought that like these odds should have been way closer than it is yeah. like India is like a huge favorite but Dylan Carlson's not that far off in every statistical category like I mean you're talking like between 21 home runs to 18 home runs 69 RBIs to 68 RBIs on base is still pretty close OPS is still pretty close it's closer than it's closer than I thought just from looking at the odds but um but yeah, it's got to be India. He and also, I mean, look, if you're gonna be like, oh, Carlson was on the best team, that doesn't matter anymore. If we're gonna be totally honest here, um, so I would, I would give it to India. I'm in the belief that you know, two years from now, three years from now, when we look back at this rookie class. We're gonna say, how did Dylan Carlson not win? Because I think he's gonna end up as the best rookie of this group. But right now, he had just a very streaky season, whereas India was consistent all year long. Got better as the year went on. We saw him hit a couple of big home runs against the Mets at City Field, right? So I'm going with India, but I think don't sleep on Dylan Carlson for your fantasy teams, your dynasty teams. I think he's going to be a guy who could really make a big impact over the next five years. Absolutely, absolutely. Now let's go AL Rookie of the Year. Um, you got Randy Rosarena, Wander Franco, and Luis Garcia as the finalist. I got an unpopular opinion on this one, but you go first. Okay, I'm going with Randy. I just think as the bigger name, I think none of these guys really had a breakout standalone year. But Randy, as the big name here, I think he's going to get rewarded for his 2020 postseason. I think it's as simple as that. His numbers are are fine. They're they're solid. I think he's he probably, if you looked at his numbers without knowing, I think you'd be surprised that he only hit 20 home runs. But at the same time, I think he he's going to get it based on the 2020 postseason. Yeah, which I think is absurd because uh, my unpopular opinion here is I'd give it to Garcia. Um, he had a one one seven whip. He had he had almost ten Ks per nine innings. He had under three and it was three four eight, but he had under three and a half ERA in the AL. Um, yeah. Rosarena didn't like have like a 
wow season by nope. any means. And then the only thing that I think stood against Franco is that Franco only played 70 games. So like, yeah, so like, yeah, he had a great like run towards the end of the year, but like he just didn't play enough games. He's out to me. Our Rosarain is going to get it, but I would have given it to Garcia. I just think as a pitcher, Garcia's stats are better than a Rosarena as a hitter. If we still want to like, you know, if we want to hang on to a postseason from, which is now two postseasons ago, yeah. I, I guess. But I think Rosarain is going to get it. I'd give it to Garcia. Does having two Tampa guys in there, could those guys split votes that they normally wouldn't if they weren't teammates? Possibly. Um, but I think you got to be realistic, though, like looking at that. Like Franco just didn't play enough games to me. Yeah. And he still like he didn't play. He didn't play enough. He didn't even play half a season. Rosarena played 140 games. I think this is also a situation like Dylan Carlson where Wander Franco five years from now will be seen as the for sure best player of these three. But again, he didn't play enough games. He really went on a surge in August and September. But before then, he was really a non-factor for this group. And they didn't really need him either. So I'm going with Randy, and I think it's kind of an underwhelming group. Yeah, it's very underwhelming. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I – like I said, I'd give it to Garcia, but Randy's gonna gonna win it. Um, let's go Cy Young here. NL: Corbin Burns, Max Scherzer, Zach Wheeler. I'll I'll start with this one. You've been starting all of them. I'll start here. Um, to me, this is actually kind of ridiculous. This, this is close, but like Burns is out to me just because he threw the least amount of innings. Um, between Scherzer and Wheeler, it's a toss up. Wheeler threw 213 innings. He threw a lot more innings than both Scherzer and Burns. Um, but Scherzer was a horse. He had a 0.86 whip and an ERA. Well, 0.86 whip was the whole year between the Nats and Dodgers. His ERA was under two when he came to the Dodgers. Wheeler, I mean, Wheeler had an awesome year. My tiebreaker in this situation, I feel like, has to be doing it when it matters. Scherzer pitched big games for the Dodgers down the stretch because they were, you know, they were close with the with the Giants until the last game of the season. So to me, just on that, I'm just giving it to Scherzer. I think all three are deserving, but I would go Scherzer in this case. What about you? Yeah, I think all three are definitely deserving. As you said, like if we ranked the six guys in the AL NL for this, I would probably put the three NL guys, one, two, three. I think they've been that good. And I really believe this is going to be Scherzer seven and oh, 1.98 ERA as a Dodger and 11 starts. I understand Wheeler had more innings. He has a harder ballpark, but at the same time, just what Scherzer did, at his age was just, you know, special. And these awards are often storyline implicated, right? We talked about Randy Rosarena. This is kind of a very similar thing here. I think Scherzer gets this award, and I think Wheeler definitely deserves it. If Again, if they had, you know, no ALNL, they're just two Cy Young winners, I think it should be Wheeler-Scherzer, but I'm going with Scherzer. He had an incredible season, and I really, you know, expect him to get big money. Yeah, yeah, I think he he's definitely going to get – he's going to get a huge, like, I think he's only going to get like a two, three year deal with big money because yeah. he's 38, which is realistic, but he's going to get paid. I don't even know where the hell that guy's going. Maybe he goes back to the Dodgers. I'd I be surprised know. if he was not a Dodger. Yeah, I same. So he's made 200 plus million in his career. I think he's just looking for a place he can win more and just go to a place you could win that has, you don't, you, they're going to rely on him, but like, 
You don't have to rely on him that much. It's yeah. just, I mean, it's a no brainer to me. He's got his ring too. Maybe he just goes to like the angels and just like plays it out. doesn't care, but he's not that type of guy. So it really I think matter. you only do that as a pitcher going to the angels. If they're just looking to massively overpay you, which very well could happen. But I think at yeah. the same time, they'll give Scherzer, you know, Trevor Bauer money, which is like three years, 110 million. He'll go there. He'll pitch 25 starts a year and he'll be excellent. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And then we'll be talking about his hall of fame. His, his his pending whole fit. I mean, he's going to get it. So. All right. Now, AL Cy Young, you got Garrett Cole, you got Lance Lynn, you got Robbie Ray. I'll start this one again. Just, just straight up to me, this should be Robbie Ray. He's got better stats all around than, than – he's got the best stats out of the three, okay? And Cole's the favorite because he's a fancy name and he's on a fancy team, but Robbie Ray had the best year and he has the best numbers. Just that's my guy in this scenario. What do you think? Yeah, I hate how we're agreeing so much, but I agree. It just seemed like Lynn had the ERA, but not the innings. Cole had the innings, but not the ERA. And now uh, Ray seems to be the best of the group. And he just, you know, led the league in ERA. Very tough ballpark to pitch in, right? And again, these are all storyline awards. This is a guy who had a nine ERA in Arizona last year. He looked good. And now Cy Young. It's incredible. And I, you know, I'd be very wary of paying him. I think he might be a one hit, one hit wonder here. He's done big stretches like this before, never for a full season, but he had an incredible season and he deserves this Cy Young. And, you know, I don't think Cole pitched well enough to, to earn this. And I don't think Lynn had the innings. So I'm going with Robbie Ray. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I, that's just, this is a no brainer here. It's got to be Ray, but it won't be. It'll be Cole because he's a friggin' Yankee. And that's, that's my, that's my yelling for the day there. MVP. NL is the only one that's really in question here. But let's talk. It's Harper, it's Soto, it's Tatis. Start with you, Steve. Who are you going with? So this is interesting because all three of these guys did not make the playoffs. They really weren't in the race the last week of the season, right? I'm going with Harper. I just think, you know, he had the best stretch down the stretch, you know, 58 games. I had the number here. He had 1194 OPS. He led the majors in slugging and OPS for the season. He was incredible. And it's really funny to see they had a guy who deserves a Cy Young in Wheeler and a guy who deserves MVP in Harper and they went nowhere. So yeah, it just shows you baseball is just a depth sport, 26 man roster. You know, you have the best hitter and the best pitcher in the league. It doesn't really help you. It's an indictment on that organization and the players yes, they choose everywhere else. So yep. there you go. I'm agreeing with you. My heart's with Soto though. My head's with Harper. Um, Tatis had a great year too, but his defense stinks. And other than home runs, he really doesn't have anything else on the. I think Tatis um, moving positions and missing the amount of games he did makes him not in this. He does. I, there was talk that he did not deserve being a finalist. I think that's ridiculous. He was a yeah, finalist, sure, yeah. top that's three player. Sure. Ridiculous. But at the same time, you know, he is trying to figure out where he fits defensively and he can't stay healthy. So right. yes, he's an amazing talent, but to me, he's more John Carlos Stanton than MVP. And yeah, so and I'm, going to, with, uh, I'm going with Harper. To, to think that Austin Riley should be a finalist and not Tatis is absurd to me. Um, sure. So I said, I think it'll ultimately end up being Bryce. Nobody would complain if it was Soto. I don't think though, but um, it's going to probably be Harper. Uh, I do have a f- small, tiny future on, on Soto for like 10 bucks at like 1250. Um, 
it's probably gonna lose, but it'll probably be bright. And now AL, like this, I mean, we're pro- pretty much agreeing here on most of this stuff, except for like AL rookie of the year. But like AL, you got Otani, and then you got teammates Vlad and Simeon. My opinion here is Vlad, Vlad needed the triple crown in order to have a chance. Um, he didn't get it. He fell off at the end. That it's Otani. That you know why it's Otani. That's, I don't know what else you want me to say. You go. <laughs> I mean, just what we saw from Otani this year was just special. 46 home runs, 100 RBI, and then he struck out 156 batters in 130 innings. Like, we haven't seen a season like this in 100 years. And Vladdy, in a normal year, wins MVP. But because we're looking at a Babe Ruth-type season, you know, it has to be Otani. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I thought – I said back in like July, no July, August, if Vlad won the triple crown, I did you give it to him? Um, he didn't. He fell off. So to me, it's it's just it's Otani all the way. Um, on March on March scene, futures bet at Otani MVP plus thirty five hundred. That's gonna cash, and I'm very excited. Yeah, I was about to say that you win. Congratulations, my friend. Very smart bet by you. Also, how about Marcus Simeon, who's had a very quiet career, two top three MVP finishes in the American League. I know he's going to get paid this year. We'll see. I'm. I think you know he's probably the fifth or sixth middle infielder like to get paid. So I think he's very underrated, but at the same time, it's the worst time for a middle infielder to be a free agent. Um, I'm really curious to see. Does he get a hundred million? Does he get 150 million? Because like if you just looked at his numbers without the name, I think he gets a lot more than he's gonna get. I was gonna say, I hate to tell you this, but he might be considered the fifth or best sixth middle infielder on this list. But none of those are I don't see any of those other guys with two back to back top three MVP finishes. Was it back to back or is it two and three years? Maybe it's two and three years. And Either three way, years. I don't see any yeah. of those other guys with any. No, guys. they haven't. Like, I'd rather have him than Javier Baez, but I think they're going to get similar money. Javi does have an MVP, but that was weird. It was super weird. Um, that was a weird. Yeah, that was a weird year. Um, yeah. So, as, as we're seeing, this is a popularity contest. We don't look at stats, apparently. Um, no, I think – I'm sorry. I, Baez did not get that MVP. It went oh. to Bellinger. It was Bellinger, Yelich, Baez. Oh. And Bellinger hit like 230 in the second half. It seemed clear that Yelich should have won back-to-back MVPs. Did not. Just very strange. That was a Dodger. That was a Dodger thing. It was. It was very weird though because like we had this like ten years ago. Going off tangent for a second. Ryan Braun, Matt Kemp, right? And it was the Dodger one versus a Milwaukee Brewer. And the Milwaukee Brewer won when he didn't deserve it. And yeah. now the LA Dodger won when the Milwaukee Brewer deserved it. So yeah, Matt, Matt like, Kemp should have definitely won that MVP. Yeah. If you look at the stats, you're like, how did he not win MVP? Right. Um, that's besides the point. All right. So that's it for today's show. Um, I think we're going to try and do this once a week for the season, for the off season, for the season, for the off season. Try to get this going once a week. Glad to be back. Um, is there anything you want to say before we get out of here, Steve? I'm just so excited to talk some free agents and some trades, and hopefully we get some of those in the next couple of weeks. It'll, it'll be. It remains to be seen, but I didn't think we were going to get a big signing today. We did. So hopefully that continues. I'm excited for I'm all of that. And I'm excited to see – I just want to see like where the power shifts in both leagues because you know that happens with free agency. I want to see where these guys go. I don't think a lot of them are going to be staying where they played in 2021. So 
So, all right. Don't forget to go to thegameday.com and check out everything that our affiliates have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe to Daily Dingers on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. That was the return of Daily Dingers for award season, November 15th. For Steve Inman, I'm Steve Armato. We will see you next week.